Today's reading is in two parts. The first part is from Matthew chapter 4, beginning at verse 23. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. And we now move to Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 1. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Thank you so much, Gillian, for that reading. Good morning again. Lovely to see you all this morning. And we're continuing this um, series. When I actually saw the notes, there was a typo, and um, I thought it said whining faith, not winning faith. So apologies if you're here this morning and hope I'm, I was going to preach about grumbling. It's not whining faith, it's winning faith. And we're going through Matthew's Gospel. You can catch up on our previous messages online. Um, Jess spoke last week, wonderful talk about calling. Helen Gillian spoke the week before on temptation. And I love the theme of this series because... Often life can be really challenging. Faith can seem dry and mundane and routine. Sometimes it feels a bit irrelevant to what we might be facing in our own lives. And this is a wonderful reminder or encouragement to have a winning faith that really makes a difference. So before we continue, shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this morning, which Julian's just read to us. And we pray, Lord, that you would speak to each of us deep in our hearts by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. I've often found this thing about healing a bit confusing. Why is it that some people seem to get healed, others don't? Shouldn't we just leave this all to the experts? What's our role in all of this? And I was reminded of uh, uh, an episode that happened to me years ago when I was part of a church in North London. It was a church plant. And we used to go out onto the estate 
at night times, little teams of us lived in life groups, we'd go out and we'd share our faith and pray for people on the estate. And when we first started doing this, we were out, just me and a group of friends, and we saw this lady limping with um, taking a dog for a walk. So we went up to her and said, can we pray for you? And she said to us, well, if you can pray for me if you're willing to pray for my dog first. And um, I hadn't been to Bible college yet. I'd done some theology. I'd done a few courses. And I wasn't quite sure of my theology about praying for dogs and laying hands on dogs and asking them to be filled with the Spirit. Um, but that was the only way we were going to pray for her and share our faith. So we said, okay, we'll do that. And um, this is a bit of wisdom for you. If you meet a pit bull terrier, which um, you've never met before and they don't know you, Trying to lay hands on him might not be the best thing to do. <laughs> they don't like you putting your hands anywhere near them if they don't know you. He's kind of growling. So we decided we'd pray at a distance. We prayed for the dog. And then we prayed for the lady who was limping. And then she kind of limped off. Um, she wasn't healed. Over the months, we went onto the estate. Every time we bumped into her, she introduced us to whoever she was with. And she said, this is the church who had compassion and prayed for my dog. And the dog was better. I don't know if it was us. It might have been the vet who healed it. But there was something about us showing compassion and praying for this dog that allowed us an opportunity to share our faith again and again with this lady. And we were known, we had this reputation on the estate for the church who prays for dogs. But this is what healing is about. It's raising faith. It's bringing God's kingdom, his hope, into places and environments, transforming lives, and pointing people to Jesus. Raising faith, bringing God's kingdom and hope into places, circumstances, situations which may be dark or hopeless, transforming lives, and most of all, pointing people to Jesus. So these few verses which Gillian has read to us, they're sandwiched between two of the most exciting passages in Matthew's Gospel. The calling of the disciples, which Jess spoke about last week, and in the Sermon on the Mount, some of the most famous teaching. And right between these two great passages is this little few verses that Matthew captures for us. And in a way, he gives us a nutshell of Jesus' ministry. Preaching good news, healing the sick, and setting people free. And they go together. They can't be separated. We like to separate them. We like to kind of have preaching here and healing over there. Because preaching and teaching are something that we can control. You know, we can put effort into it. We can preach. We can teach. Where healing is something that only God can do. We can't be in control of that. We have to totally rely on him. But when we read the Bible, we see healings make up almost like a fifth of the Gospels. 20% of the Gospels, the teaching, is about healing. And Jesus does it. He, he combines them. They're not separable. And then he sends out the 12 to do the same. You guys go out and preach the good news and heal the sick and set people free. And in our passage, we read that he sends out another 72. Then he says to the 72, pray to the Lord of the harvest, because the workers are few, that everyone gets this, that everyone goes out and follows me, preaches the good news, heals the sick, sets people free. In my devotional, my Bible in one year, a few weeks ago, we were going through Thessalonians. And 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 has this great few verses in it, verses 4 and 5. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. We know God chose you 
our gospel came to you, not just with words, but with power, with the Holy Spirit, and deep conviction. This morning, I would love to offer you just two things you can do so your faith isn't just words, but also has power, has the Holy Spirit, and has deep conviction. And these two things, they both start with the letter G. So the first G is this. The first G is grow. Grow your relationship with Jesus. That's the first thing. Healing, the healing we see in the Bible, healing. It's not a formula. It's not like you do A and B and then C happens. You can't learn it from a manual. It's all about relationship or our intimacy with God the Father through Jesus by the Holy Spirit. One thing you notice about the healings of the New Testament, there's no set pattern. You can't sort of tie them down. If you do this, this will happen. Sometimes it happens in the temple. Sometimes it's outside. Sometimes it's with mud or spit or a touch or the bottom of a coat. Or maybe it's just a word or a handkerchief. Sometimes it's one person doing the healing. Sometimes it's more. Sometimes they lay hands. Sometimes they anoint with oil. But the one theme that runs through all of the ways that people are healed it comes out of an overflow of our relationship with Jesus. It's all about a relationship with God. One of my favorite scenes in the Gospels is Jesus has sent out the 12 to do this stuff. He says, go out, preach the good news, heal. And they go out and they do it. They preach the good news and they heal the sick. And while they're doing this, Jesus goes up on a mountain. He takes three of his closest disciples, his closest friends with him, Peter, John, James, they're up on the, the mountain with Jesus and he's transfigured, it's glorified. It's in three of the Gospels. It's an amazing event where God speaks over Jesus and says, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. And I guess Jesus comes from that sort of buzzing maybe, you know, that he's been affirmed by God, his ministry, the journey he's taken to the cross. He comes down to the mountain thinking everything's going cool with my three closest friends. My disciples are down the bottom. They're doing all the stuff I've taught them to do. And it's this big commotion. This guy comes up to Jesus and he says, I've asked your, your disciples to heal my son and they weren't able to do it. And in Jesus' despairs, you know, he says he's indignant. And in two of the Gospels, we get his response. One of them, he says to them, he says, um, guys, where's your faith? Why didn't you have faith to do this healing? And then he says something which is kind of contradictory. He says, you only need a teeny bit of faith and you can move mountains. And what he's saying to them, guys, it's not about how much faith you have. It's not about the quantity, it's the quality of your faith. It's about who you have faith in that allows you to do this stuff. It's about your relationship with God. And I'm guessing the disciples, they've done some healings, they thought, ah, oh, this is easy. We just do this and this and this and everyone gets healed. And they come up against this barrier. It's not a formula. It's a relationship. And then we get a, another glimpse of this in another gospel where Jesus says to them, this type can only come out by praying or praying and fasting. What's praying about? Praying is all about communication, drawing close to the Father, being reliant on him, and growing in your relationship. Jesus says it's not a formula. It's a relationship. You've been relying on just doing this and this and this. No wonder you couldn't heal this child. It's about your relationship with God that will allow you to do this. It's not a formula. It's a relationship. How are you growing in your relationship with Jesus? Maybe as we started this term, you had good intentions. 
You thought, I'll start that new devotional, or I'll set some time aside every single day to pray, or I'll join one of our new Matthew 18 prayer groups. And as the term sort of gone on and you get busy, it didn't happen. Or maybe you started on the right track and you were doing these things, but then life gets busy, doesn't it? And you've kind of slipped away. It's never too late to start. To say, actually, you know what? I need to get back with you, Lord. I need to invest in my relationship with you again. It's not a formula. It's a relationship. It comes out of the overflow of our relationship with God. And as you spend time with God, getting to know him, getting to know his will and his heart, then he begins to shape us and shape our hearts. We have this overflow of this relationship of guidance and just being guided and having the promptings and words and just knowing where God wants us to be and how God wants us to pray. And this isn't for the great and the mighty. It's not for Moses and Abraham and Isaac and these wonderful patriarchs of the faith. It's not for these great Christian leaders we see today, just like Heidi Baker or Billy Graham, these amazing people that we read about. This is for ordinary people like you and like me. That's what Pentecost was all about. The Holy Spirit is outpoured so ordinary people get to do this stuff. So that's the first G, grow. Grow in your relationship with Jesus. And then the second G is just as exciting and just as challenging. It's go. Go in the name of Jesus. Go and preach the good news. Heal the sick. Set people free. In the passage that Gillian read to us, Luke chapter 10, it says, Go, I'm sending you out like lambs among the wolves. Right at the end of Matthew's gospel, it says, Go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. At the end of Mark's gospel, it says, Go into the world, preach the gospel to all creation, and they will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. And this is the thing about healing. We can talk about it, we can study it, we can reflect on it, we can wonder why some people are healed and other people aren't healed. You know, that's so disappointing for some of you. You might have been in that place where there's been disappointment and unanswered prayers and there's been suffering. And I've been in that place. I remember praying with every fiber of my body that my, my wife would be cured of cancer and she wasn't healed the way I expected it to be. We've been in that place. And we can talk about that. And we can talk about unanswered prayers. But all of this happens only if we go. We have to go. We have to reach out and leave our comfort zone. And we have to offer to pray for people. If we pray for some people, if we pray for everyone, some people will get healed. If we pray for no one, no one's going to ever get healed. We have to go. I love the disciples because they were not trained, they weren't educated, they weren't experienced. They'd only been with Jesus for three years. Most of us here have a hundred times more experience with Jesus than the disciples. My 12-year-old has four times more experience than the disciples ever had when Jesus sent them out. He only had three years with him. They weren't educated, they weren't experienced, they had no experience at all. Yet they set out, they went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Maybe you're not trained. Maybe you don't feel you're educated. Maybe you don't feel you're particularly gifted. And the good news is it's not about you. It's not about your ability. It's about our availability. We've said this before. Just making ourselves available for God to use. But we have to go. We go, we step out for Jesus, and he does the rest. Alan Scott, the, the great vineyard pastor, saw this wonderful revival in North London um, a few years ago. 
He said, if you don't have the gift of healing, try the gift of obedience. There are some people who have this amazing gift, but if you don't have it, try the gift of obedience. We go because Jesus told us to. We try these things. We share our faith. We pray for people because that's what it means to live out a winning faith. And we need to get away from this idea about success and failure. If we pray for someone, they're not healed the way we've hoped, then we've failed. Then maybe God's not using us because that's not what it's all about. It's not about successes and failures. It's about us stepping out and reaching out for God. A number of years ago after a service, we had a time of ministry and a lady came down to the front and wanted to pray for healing. She had a particular illness and she was in so much pain. And I was one of the people praying for her, praying that she'd be totally healed. And she wasn't. And she left the church that day still in pain. I felt a bit of a failure, a bit of a disappointment. Lord, why do I do this? Why do I keep stepping out and doing this stuff? I know I need to just trust you and be faithful and keep doing it. But it's like, come on, Lord. You know, it would just boost my faith if I saw a few healings. Well, months and months later, she was a friend of one of our worship leaders. Months later, my worship leader came up to me. She said, oh, I forgot to tell you. You know, my friend was in church that day. Well, when she got home, by the time she got home, she was totally healed. Um, but I forgot to tell you about that. I thought, what do you mean you forgot to tell me about that? <laughs> do you know how that would have boosted me? But what, what would happen if that had happened, you know? Would I just be praying for people because I know that every time I laid hands on them, they're automatically going to be healed? Where's the faith in that? Where's the trust? Where's the courage? Where's the bravery? Where's the reliance on God if I knew I just needed to do A and B and C happened? God wants us to step out in faith and in trust and to trust him. Our job is just to step out and be God's hands and his feet and pray and release it to him and he does the rest. There's things often going on that we have no idea that we trust God with it. So this morning, what does it look like for you to go? How will you step out for Jesus in this season? Because all of us can do this. Maybe it's just sharing your faith and sharing with someone why you follow Jesus, telling them the stories of maybe how God has moved in your life. Maybe it's offering to pray for someone who just shares with you that they're struggling at the moment, they're suffering. Healing could be physical, can be mental, can be spiritual, just offering to pray for someone. Saying, can I pray for you? Can I encourage you? My, my, my former vicar, my training incumbent, prays for everything that moves. And he has this lovely thing, if it's the, the gas person on the, on the phone. And he always says, I'm, I'm kind of new to this, I've just tried it out, I'm a bit of a trainer. Do you mind if I could just practice with you? And nine times out of ten, they will say, yeah, go for it. Pray, step out. What does it look like for you to go in this season? All of us can do this. Grow in your relationship with Jesus and then go and do the things that God calls us to do. And as we, I think as we pray, as we ask God for opportunities, we get opportunities every single day to meet with people and to bring, hopefully, some form of hope. And if, and if they're not healed the way we want them to be healed, it's not us. We're just being obedient to what God wants to do. God's doing something. We trust that God is doing something whether it's physical or whether it's spiritual, that God is at work in their lives. Just wanted to end this. When my children were small, we've always prayed in our house and they've seen us pray for other people and friends and family and being prayed for. And we never told them that they needed to pray or how they should pray. I guess we just modeled it and they saw it. 
And one day I was just sitting on the sofa and I was, I was really ill. I had um, something wrong with my stomach and, um, and I hadn't been well at all. And one of my sons was playing with their train set and they came up to me and they said, what's wrong, Daddy? And I just said, Daddy's not feeling very well today. And without even thinking, he just put his hand on my tummy and said, dear Lord Jesus, make Daddy's tummy better. Amen. And he went and carried on playing with his trains. And straight away, I was healed, miraculously healed. The pain just left, my tummy was totally restored. And I was so excited, I was trying to tell him, I said, you healed me. And he was like, yeah, and? He says, I pray for you, what do you expect to happen? I love the faith that children have, you know, it's like, I pray for you, daddy. It's a no-brainer, you're going to be healed. And it's funny, isn't it? We, you know, if I'm ill, I'm so quick to, to go to the paracetamols. And yet my kids, if they're ill, the first thing they say is, daddy, can you pray for us? But here's the thing, if there's one thing I need to take away today. If God can heal through the prayers of a small child playing with his trains, how much more will God use me and you to heal a broken world? If he's willing just to move for the prayers of a small child praying with his trains, how much more does God long to work through you to heal a broken world? If you're able, would you like to stand? If the bands would like to come up. I'm just going to spend a bit of time responding this morning and just, this is just an opportunity for you. And God might be saying something to you and you might think he's saying nothing to you. It's, it's down to you. We're not here to coerce or manipulate or sort of create something false this morning. This is just a time for you to have space to be quiet and to be still in God's presence and to hear what God might be saying to you this morning. So we're going to pray one of the oldest prayers in the church, come Holy Spirit. And we receive the Spirit of God just by faith. All of this is about faith, just by saying thank you, Lord. Because God promises that when we ask, he comes. So come Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, just receive him afresh this morning. This might be something you do all the time, or this might be new, but we just receive by faith. God is longing just to fill us with his peace and his joy. He's longing just to speak to us, to live in our hearts, but he doesn't force his way into our lives. It's, it's about us just opening our hearts to him. And you just open your hearts just by saying, thank you, Lord. I'm here for you. Let's just, just be still and just receive and just maybe just try and tune in and listen to what God might be saying to you this morning. Maybe he's speaking to you something about how to grow in your relationship with him, how to invest in this person called Jesus. It's not about a set of rules. This isn't religion. It's about a relationship with a real person who longs to meet with you and walk with you and guide you and, and has good plans for your life. Maybe there's just, you're here this morning and God is saying to you, go. 
you know, we're all in the same boat. It's, you know, regardless of our occupation, sometimes it's, it takes courage. It takes bravery to step out. It takes risk. Some of the loneliest walk you might ever do is to walk across the room or across a coffee shop, across a bar to speak to someone you don't know. And it's okay, you know. Maybe to you it might look like rejection, but all of us are just a link in the chain. Sowing seeds, growing seeds. We don't have to be closures. We don't have to be salespeople. have to close the deal. But it might just be a friend or a colleague, a neighbor, a family member. God is saying, go. Share your story. Offer to pray. going to have a, just a time of worship and an opportunity for us to continue to respond to this this morning and you know if you're here this morning and maybe you're feeling God saying to you speaking to you about anything we'd love to pray for you but maybe God's saying to you this morning go and you need to just be affirmed that what that might look like for you and we'd love to pray for you myself and Jillian will be at the front or maybe for you this morning there's something that you're carrying there's a it's an area of your life you need healing for. And again, we'd love to pray for you. You know, when we read the Gospels, even with Jesus, sometimes people were healed instantly. Sometimes he had to do it again and again. But part of physical healing is humility. And it's just us saying, Lord, that we rely on you. We need you in this instance. We're going to step out for you. So if you need prayer for anything, then just come to the front for myself and Julian. We'd love to pray for you. But now as we worship, use this time just to say, Lord, how can I grow closer to you? How can I be a sent person? How can I go and build your kingdom?